Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Rant, episode 244, While We Were Out, recorded July 10th, 2016, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet where geeks rant. I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockroach, and joining me for the first time in nearly two months are your stalwart co-hosts, your friends and mine, Chris, the Command Line Godfather Neves, and Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, Seth, long time no see. I hope everything's been good. Hey, Chris, Mark, and everyone else of our lovely Element Opiites. Hope you are having one rocking summer. All right, yeah, so we were gone for six, seven weeks, something, I think six weeks, yeah. Um, Yes. And we brought you shows five of those six weeks. Uh, We did miss one due to a technical glitch. Uh, Somehow along the way, Seth's recording got lost on all three places that we recorded. Uh, well, actually, just because we it was a pre-recording, we weren't doing the hangout, so I didn't have that back up. It didn't get recording on my end. It didn't. It either didn't get recorded or got deleted on his end. So Chris and I talked about maybe doing a guess what Seth said show. Um, <laughs> and you had to listen to thought- three minutes of silence and try to figure out what <laughs> Seth said by our responses to it. I, that's what I thought would have been really good, but I what happened was I, that was the first show that we did uh, in our recording, and so I put it in Dropbox. And some point a couple of weeks later, I deleted it. And like about two days after that thirty day window, Mark said, "Hey, yeah. Seth, it's not there." And I was like, "Crap, it's not there," <laughs> because the the show from the week after we did that was in the deleted items, but it's that thirty day thing for the only free people and so yeah sorry everyone either that or you can thank me for giving you a week off of us one of those two i'm either sorry or <laughs> in deserving of your gratitude it's not just free people i pay for dropbox and i still only get 30 days but uh, you know still only get 30 days 30 days is a lot so i, I shouldn't complain yeah, too it much is. um so we're back we're glad to glad to be back uh i would say it was a great vacation only it was not a vacation for me at all um, I was moving. We bought a new house. Um, I tried to do it. Uh, I didn't want to spend my friend capital. Uh, and by the way, if you're hearing a lot of room noise, hearing things, it just doesn't sound normal. It's because I'm in a new space and I just barely had a chance to get everything set up. You're lucky we're here at all, frankly. Uh, I was working on this uh, as, as early as today, uh, getting it all set up or as recently as today. Uh, so things aren't quite like they will be, but... Uh, they're they're at least getting there so we're but we didn't want to put you off another week actually to be honest with you it's been really nice not recording a show i miss you guys and i miss doing it but it was really nice having my sunday nights honesty check what do you guys did you feel the same way yeah i did yeah it was cool not having to (laughs) but at the same token it was bad missing one of the highlights of my week so it was good and bad like so it was it was one of those things okay we kind of said to ourselves you know when we were done or, or when we left like if we figure out when we when we're all ready to come back that we don't want to come back we'll know it's time for the show to end uh but i i missed doing the show um uh i hope you missed well actually you wouldn't have noticed right um uh, that was the way we tried to do it if we went away for six i wonder i truly wonder if we went, went away for six weeks how many people would actually care I mean, several people would notice, but how many people would actually care? Or would it just be, you know, 39 feeds in their podcast catcher instead of 30, uh, 40 now? I wonder. Um, right. Anyway. <laughs> but we're back. Whether you like it or not, 
we're back and this is going to be a catch-up show we're going to talk about some of the news uh that we missed while we were out and also just some of the stuff that happened in our lives while we were out so this is going to be a whole lot of talking about us uh so that makes it different from every other show in no way at all nope not gonna have no change (laughs) other than it looks like i'm blinded on this half of my face from the sun yeah Uh, love windows i did have uh and he meant glass windows not microsoft windows Oh, I have one of those too, though. That's awesome. I just, I just got Chris on record as saying I love Windows. I think you got that on yeah. a couple of times. I think that's going to be my this new isn't ringtone. The first time it's going to be. Actually, I do have a. For a long time, I had a ringtone of Sean Kybel from the Taiwan Tech saying, "You know, I'm really loving my new MacBook Pro." Um, <laughs> and it was his ring when he called me. Every time he called me, it was him saying, "You know, I'm really loving my new MacBook Pro." Yeah, you'll never hear me say that though. A good hardware that still can't do the software. Um, uh, and I'll be happy to say it once they meet my price. So. <laughs> Free? Maybe. No. I'm actually, I'm considering, I've got an old uh, PC down in the, in the family room, in the office uh, area, that is, we're, we're, we're really close to a decade. It's old. It's got Windows Vista on it. Um, and it's... The power supply fan is making that grinding noise like the bearing is going out. Uh, and two years ago, three years ago, Seth, the weekend you came to visit me, if you'll recall, I was I was putting a new hard drive in it. I was uh, spin writing it just right. enough to get enough life out of it so I could copy the stuff over. I'm just not sure how much I want to pump into this thing. So I'm trying to decide what to replace it with. Uh, so much of our lives now are online. I, I really don't need that computer anymore except for uh, my Plex media server. That's like that's the only thing it really does anymore uh, uh that and we use it you know for kids to do homework and that sort of stuff so what i'm considering doing is buying a server box a nas something like that to do servering uh and put it down in the basement and just throw a chromebook on that desk and just go with that because i'm just not sure i, I, I want to put any more money into this machine uh, to keep it going and i'm also not sure that we actually need a real computer anymore because all three of my kids have tablets one of them has a phone. We have a dedicated homework laptop. That's the purpose of it. Uh, so there are times when uh, two kids need to do something that can't be done on a tablet, a flash site. Education is one of the last bastions of flash in the world. Uh, so a second homework computer could be handy. Uh, so that's uh, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. What do you guys think of that plan? What, should I go Chromebook? Should I go cheap Windows box? You know, Sadly, um, I, I kind of think I have to do Windows because so many things come home from school with Microsoft Word and or PowerPoint or Publisher, and and you just you have to have something that. And I know that the the Linux tools. I mean, I, I've used those to work around them, but not not always to their uh, satisfaction. Or or a website that requires <clears throat> IE. Sorry, that was hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm kind of thinking I need too. Windows. But that we've got the homework laptop for that, so the Chromebook could probably do almost everything else. So I don't know. Um, what, what do you think, Chromebook I or would, cheap Windows machine or what? What it does your school use is your is the school your kids are not only going to, but the one that the ones they'll move up into. Are they a Windows world, or have they seen the Chromebook light, or did some uh, administrator go gaga over Apple junk? And then I would accordingly, you know, do accordingly. Yeah. So I don't know. They're all in new schools because we just moved. So I don't know. But in the previous right. county, I don't mean to to speak ill of these people, but they were so incredibly backward 
um, in in their technology. I mean, having come from a job where I was the guy that did that, I know what backward is, and they fit the category of supremely backward. Right. Uh, and I'm hoping that this new school is going to be better. They were still running, you know, old uh, like Windows XP. They literally had XP running on machines and had a few um, bring your own uh, device labs where you were allowed to to bring your stuff, but they didn't supply anything. Wow. It's not a poor that school district at all. It was people mostly by rich kids, but the school just assumed that, you know, maybe that's the problem because there were so many rich kids. They just assumed that the kids had better tech than the school. That could be. That that seems to be the current flow of things. So my vote would be for the Chromebook, especially now that the Chromebook, as long as it's one of the ones that's getting the um, Android makeover, I would think the Chromebook would be the best call. We'll see. Um, so that's that's my thought there. I do want to give a quick review on the two big kids movies that came out while we were going. Uh, uh, Finding Dory and Secret Life of Pets. Uh, Finding Dory's better. Secret, Secret Life of Pets is fine. Um, that's that's my review. Finding Dory uh, is as good as Nemo was, and Nemo was really good. Um, hmm. uh, it's a little more slapsticky than Nemo was. Like, um, you know, s- spoiler free. Uh, in in Finding Nemo, uh, one of the subplots was that this group of fish required Herculean effort and all worked together to get out of their tank and to get to the mm-hmm. ocean. Right? It was a big thing. Finding Nemo. Characters are going in and out of tanks and onto highways and whatever. So they've just sort of suspended that whole, oh, you mean fish have to stay in tanks thing. Um, <laughs> they've just completely eliminated that. Um, Interesting. And to the point where one of the major characters operates a piece of heavy equipment. Uh, I won't go any farther than that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so just having a very different tone than that. And also, it was, if you're paying attention to it, there's enough slapstick and. Uh, uh, kid jokes that you don't get it but if you're paying attention to it it is gut-wrenching the whole movie is about the horror that brain damage brought on dory's life and if you're paying attention to that subplot it, it's like cry cry worthy uh but it's wrapped in in clownfish hmm all right well I'll, i can't wait to list to actually yeah. watch it i know my kids watched it and they actually really liked it so secret life of pets is to- uh, puns and goofy jokes and and it's fine, it's well done. But every time I see a uh, uh, DreamWorks movie, I'm reminded of how they're not Pixar. Um, there's yeah. a scene where a dog goes in and out of water several times, and the water doesn't follow him. When he's in the water, he's wet. When he comes out of the water, he's dry because it takes too much effort to animate wet fur. You know, and just little things like that. Where Pixar will spend an extra year on the details, uh, DreamWorks just cranks it out for the money. Sure. Interesting. Right. So that's all I got to say about hmm. that. Uh, Chris, you have been about the whole uh, D&D thing for a while. Uh, so you're, you're now yep. D&Ding again. Yes, I am D&Ding again. Um, we actually have a monthly rotation now. Um, but running a group, because I'm the, the, the game master, a dungeon master, for 14 people, is difficult. Um, difficult in the monumental way of we have to, I have to try and usher these people to a common thought process. And when you have ages between the, let's see, the youngest one is seven and the oldest one is like 30. Um, it's, it's a very interesting 
process to keep all of pe- all the people on the same page. Wish I could offer some salient commentary on that, but I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's just the way the way the thing is. You know, most most gaming groups are six people, and that still is a monumental task to keep six people going on the same role. So, you know, doubling that and and then yeah, it's it's a mess. But so far, after two nights, uh, or let's see, yeah, two nights of sessions with me. Uh, everyone's having fun and no one's died. So that's a good well, sign, right? No characters have died or no people have died. <laughs> no care. Well, other than the bad, uh, well, no people have died, obviously enough, but, uh, no characters have died. Uh, there was a couple that were close. Um, last week, the last session was, uh, a lesson for one of the kids that were playing that it's not a video game. There are no health potions. And if you run off by yourself, Chances are you're not. So what do you do then? You just roll another character, or you're out forever. How does that work? Uh, It depends. Uh, Some groups uh, I was a part of where if you rolled, he actually the 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 last DM that did this, you would roll up three characters at once, and if your first character passed, then you would move to your second character or your third character, and then if you continue to, you would. You know, keep dying. You would keep rolling new characters, and he would bring them in. Um, it makes a lot of work for the guy running it because then he has to find a way for your character to come to the group. But it, it's, you know, you could be permanent dead and then never play in the Which game seems again. Seems like a whole lot of over. not fun. You know, but if you have, yeah, yeah, if you have fifteen people, you might draft one of them. And make them like a recurring NPC or the bad guy that they have to kill. So that way you have a little less of a group to herd and having that one person to go against would kind of naturally focus the rest of the group. It's just a thought. I've thought about doing that, but it adds a layer of complexity that would kill the group's um, dynamic. Okay. So... Because then that one person would be the quote unquote bad guy. And there's a lot of times where people take things personal. And I just don't want to have that layer of, you know, watching a friendship get destroyed because they're taking a personal comment that was made in game personally out of game. But I have seen, I, I have heard of people doing that and it does sound like an interesting play. It's just not something I want to try, especially with the age groups. If we were all closer to the adults you know it'd be a different story but when you have four children you kind of have to be a little careful about what you do yeah you guys done now (laughs) (laughs) this must be how my wife feels when i talk about football (laughs) probably Uh, no that's how i felt whenever (laughs) y'all talked about plex (laughs) (laughs) what's what What's wrong with Plex? I love my uh, Plex. I uh, I do want to. Speaking of Plex, uh, I with this move, I've officially become a cord cutter. Uh, we uh, I've been using Dish Network Good. for fifteen years, L- literally like the the day fourteen years and three hundred and sixty four days. When I called them up to cancel my service, the guy was like, "You know that tomorrow will be your fifteen year anniversary, right?" I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What? What's the problem? Is it costing too much? Is it?" And and I didn't want to. I didn't want to have that conversation with him because he was going to offer me some for ten months. We'll knock it off by fifty percent. No, I want it to be gone forever. Um, 
So I just told him, this is, yep. this is a line that worked for me, guys. If you're trying to cut uh, a service, just tell them, my family has decided we're not going to watch TV anymore. When you make it like a moral decision like that, yep. they, they got nothing. Um, and, and, you know, they, they transfer you to a, a customer retention expert. His whole job is to make sure you don't quit. So once he realizes mm-hmm. that you're going to quit, he's done. He's like, all right, fine. You're disconnected. Bye. Uh, <laughs> it was just, he was done with me. Yep. I had, I had a very similar experience when I did my cord cutting, um, which was interesting because I, they asked, well, how much during the whole exit interview thing that they were doing? We were asked, he asked, well, how much TV do you actually watch in a week? And I could literally, on the phone, straight faced, I go, well, maybe 15 minutes I'm watching TV. And he goes, well, what about the rest of it? You don't have kids. Netflix. Yeah. And they watch about 15 minutes of TV because they're on Netflix and my home media server, Plex, and they just don't watch TV. Even when they go to my to their grandparents, they don't watch TV there either. They actually, my son will pre-download stuff out of Plex to watch at my at his grandmother's house when he's not doing anything. It's so it's so at some point in the future, I plan to do a full show about how to cut the cord, my cut cord cutting experience. I'm only a month into it right now, so I don't feel that I have you know a lot of of wisdom to offer. Uh, but I will say. Um, we're not missing anything, uh, that we're, a lot of the convenience is gone, right? Uh, uh, Dish Network, DirecTV, Comcast, these guys have had decades to mature their, their product. Uh, the cord cutting people, they're all relatively new. I mean, you go back, Netflix is probably the oldest of the bunch at about 10 years old, uh, probably not even 10, seven or eight. Uh, so they're, they're, it's, it's obvious almost every day that I'm not dealing with a mature environment. Uh, things are harder to do. Uh, takes more steps to do less work. Uh, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, we're not missing anything in terms of content. Uh, and we're paying about less than just under half. I, I did bump up my uh, bandwidth in, in anticipation of it. And as I mentioned before, I, uh, I have to be uh, Xfinity again. Um, I hate Xfinity. I hate Comcast. Um, but nobody else serves this services, this house. So I had to go back to it and I've been reintroduced to the world of, of, of caps, data caps. So we have a terabyte cap mm-hmm. now. Um, they just recently moved that from 300 megabits. Like the week before we moved in, it was 300 megabits. And then they made a thing and said, now it's a terabyte. Well, we're 10 days into the month and I'm at 220 uh, gigabytes now. So the 300 meg limit would have just really blown me away. Uh, but I'm really, I'm eyeing that terabyte. I'm not sure we're going to be able to stay under that. And then it's like $50 a gig uh, <laughs> to, to go over. I mean, it's really expensive to go over. Right. Welcome to my every day. So at that point, I'll be QOSing <laughs> some things. And, and one of the things I've been having to tell my kids is because it's different for them. Don't walk away from the Roku and just, you know, when you're not watching it, don't just walk away. And don't just turn off the TV and walk away because I came home one day and, you know, Disney uh, uh, channel had been streaming for who knows how long, (laughs) you know, streaming 1080p full high def. Yep. Nobody's in the room. Nobody. The TV's not even on. And so uh, this that's been some retraining. And and I have the the fancy Harmony remote. I was able to tell it 
when the TV turns off, turn the Roku off too. Go ahead and do that. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's. I had a very similar talk with both my daughter and my son, who are yeah. notorious. So it, it's it's a whole new world, um, and it, and it may be you know I'm not I have not ruled out the possibility of going back if it's a less uh, uh, a, a less enough of an experience. That that's not the word. That's not even a, a, the right way to say it. But if the experience is is poor enough as, as compared to what we had, I'm not opposed to going back. It's not some moral thing. But I was paying $120 a month every month for uh for dish network on top of my netflix uh and my uh, cable and my google play and my amazon prime so you know i was already paying 120 dollars a month on top of uh, everything so now i've bumped up my bandwidth which cost me a little more and then cut all the other stuff out uh and i've stuck an antenna up in the attic and i got 51 channels 40 of them are stuff I don't want to watch, but that's the way it was with Dish. I got 200 channels, 190 of them were stuff I didn't want to watch. So there's really no difference there. Yeah. Yeah, so far the only thing I really feel when it comes to cutting the cord is football. That's the one thing that I have a hard time with because the only way I've been able to find it, because there is no uh, over-the-air HD over here and, you know, amongst the tumbleweeds, so we have to pay for it, and that's a pretty hefty penny every year to pay for direct t- right, or, uh, Sunday ticket. But I was paying for it anyway. I, I'm so. not saying that uh, that this is something that I'm not recommending that you do this. But I've heard tell of a plugin for XBMC called Sports Devil that uh, you might want to check. I'm just saying if if somebody were so inclined as to want to <laughs> find professional sports that are not available in your market. Uh, Sports Devil is a thing I've heard of. And uh, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So, Seth, welcome back. Uh, we vamped so long that nobody even knew you were gone. Do you have any uh, any interesting while we were away stuff to, to talk about? We have, we have a whole section in the notes later of stuff we missed, but this is just um, other stuff. You, you, there's, no, there's nothing here in your color. We need something in your color. Oh, no. Okay. Maybe not so. really. All right, so let's jump on to a couple of mini rants, a couple of bits of uh, feedback from our listeners. John says thanks. We like people who say thanks. Says, I'm John from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a 60-year-old geek who likes to rant, but today I'm writing to say thanks for all the cool tips and tricks. First, I would like to say thanks to Seth for turning me on to GoatsLive.com. I've become part of their community and now love watching, chatting, and remotely controlling the cams when I can. Goats Live also has a blog uh, called Observations from a Linux-Powered Goat Farm at lnxgoat.com. Chris, all your shtick is too cool. Keep up the great work. Mark, I just found this website that thought you might get a kick out of, Flybricks. Um, And he's got a couple of links there. Flybricks, it is really cool. It is um, drones, RC quadcopters made out of Lego bricks. So there's a couple of custom Lego bricks that are mounts for, for motors and stuff. And so you make your your RC out of Legos. And I'm really going to check that out because they break like Legos. So, you know, my, might as well do that. I have had no time to fly my my quad, but I have been scouting. Every time I go, because we're in a new area now, we don't really know where everything is. Anytime I'm driving down the road, I'm like, oh, that's a big open field. That's a good spot to fly. Oh, look, right there by that school. That's, that's good. There's a baseball field. I can use that. So I've been keeping an eye. I've been missing it, but I haven't had a chance to do any of that sort of stuff. 
And he says, sorry for being so slow on that pseudo command. Just been busy and a little bit behind on my podcast. Thanks from an old man, John in Cleveland, Ohio. So Seth, you Thanks, you John. brought that as sort of Great a joke. To hear from you. Um, and John has found a new passion out of it. So just that's the way it goes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, John. You take <laughs> yeah, we just sort of mocked it for a few minutes and moved so, on. Um, I mean, I would I would periodically check in and look, but yeah, not not like you. And, so way to go, John. Glad we could help Seth, you. You're a goat your guy. You horizons. have goats around the property, and and you hang out with them. So, you know, it, you, there's a bit of a kindred spirit there. Yeah. Well, we're currently down to one goat. Um, the rest have gotten out, and stuff gets them, or stuff gets in, and stuff gets them. And then I walk around, patch up the holes. They get out. I patch up the other holes, and eventually, I find all the holes they were getting at. But uh, we're down to one, and he still gets out all the time. So yeah, the problem is if you tie bummer. a goat to a tree, a T Rex shows up. So you can't ever tie a goat to a tree. Uh, if 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 Michael Crichton has taught us nothing, <laughs> right? Us that right. Well, he that only happens like you know when we're not looking. So if I were to put a camera on the goat and he were in view all the time, he would be safe. But if there were ever a power outage, then I could be in real trouble. That's uh that's sort of a, a an inside joke among my wife and one of her best friends is that the moral of all of of uh, Jurassic Park is don't ever tie a goat to a tree because it all started when they had to go to a tree. If they just hadn't done that, wouldn't have been any problem. Yep. They would have been right, safe. Scott says yep. back up, people. Uh, thanks, guys, for the replay of EDL number 84 as Geek Rant number 242. After losing most of my stuff a few years ago, I've been backing up everything religiously until recently when I've kind of flaked off. Now it's back to it. Looking forward to your return. I was going to say from vo- vacation, but it probably wasn't much of a vacation, at least not for you, Mark. Hope the move went well. Regards, Scott from Emeryville, CA. That's California, not Canada. Oh, come on. Canada's not that oh. bad. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good yeah. Um I've actually been handing out the that uh, ap- episode for people to uh to get notice on how to back up because it's such a good And one. uh I I haven't done it yet. So uh, since then I don't really use backup PC anymore because as I said at the time it was an enterprise thing. Uh but also I do everything in the cloud now. Uh Google and Dropbox uh are my backup. So I don't really have much of a need for it anymore. or and and uh um, carbonite uh, on the one PC down there in the living room. Uh, so I, I I don't really use it, but I've been considering just setting up a Pi with uh, with ba- backup PC on it just because. I don't even know what I'd pull anything off of um, because I've already, everything I already have, I'd be pulling something from the cloud pretty much to put it on there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just for just to keep yeah. my, my, my feet in the water, so to speak. Because it's such a great thing to do. <laughs> it's amazing the things that 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 go away when you're not using yeah, it every true. day. Like how to do a podcast, for example. I've lost those skills over the last six weeks. Um, I do want to. Uh, Seth has got some some uh, news links, and we uh, will probably get to one or two of those. But I did want to talk about some of the things that we missed, things that I would have commented on had we been here, um, and and you know th- that sort of stuff. So. Uh, for example, Ethereum. Have you heard of Ethereum while we were gone? Um, Ethereum 
is an alternative to Bitcoin. It's another digital currency. And it was kind of under the radar. Nobody ever heard of it. And then it kind of became a thing. And it's like, ah, I was seeing news articles all over the place. And the Ethereum is the new Bitcoin coin. It's it's more secure. It's better. It's safer. It's all it's all the way around. You should sell your Bitcoin and move to Ethereum. In fact, some of the early Bitcoin guys were actually posting things to that side saying, you know, Bitcoin is, is dead. Long live Ethereum. And then somebody stole pretty much all of Ethereum. Um, there was there was a blockchain hack, and so Ethereum came and went while we were away. Did you guys follow any of that at all? No, just no. me. I, I, I it, it popped up on my Google Now once because of all the Bitcoin searching I do. Um, but so it popped up on Google Now, and then it just as quickly as I read the story, it disappeared <laughs> off of my Google Now, and I haven't seen it since. So it's like, oh, that was a thing. Okay. Yeah, no, it came and went, and I didn't notice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so, super. It, it happened. I go ahead. Okay. Um, I found. Um, I was searching for it because I was like Ethereum. What's that? I got to read about it before the show starts. And then I found this one article where they're like doing a hard fork, maybe to try to go back in time before the blockchain hijack and everybody gets their stuff back. Maybe. Um. Well, that's still, that's the current state. That's where they are right now. Um, But basically, um, with super simple, I always get uh, excoriated for simplifying things. But a guy found a, uh, um, a predictability in the Ethereum algorithm. That's the simplest way to put it. Um, There was, there was something that was not as random as he thought it could be. So he was able to uh, go through and, um, essentially pwn like 40% of the total wealth of Ethereum. I mean, that's big. Uh, it was in the millions wow. of dollars. Yeah, that's uh, huge. And they went back and they, uh, you know, after the news thing, the the guys, the the consortium that runs it, went back and invalid all of that, dated all that stuff and said, look, it's all over now. And then he came back and, and re-invalidated their invalidation. So um, as far as I'm concerned, they're completely, <laughs> they have no credibility in my book, they're completely shot because they were pwned by the same guy twice. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty I mean, much even if the over. guy is your developer, you shouldn't be able to do that. Like I, so, Satoshi Nakamura on the Bitcoin side, whoever he or they is, if if the math is done right, shouldn't be able to do that. Even the guy who invented it shouldn't be able to do that. And the fact that somebody could not only once but twice uh, tells me that they're you know they're on an unstable platform. This hard fork that they're talking about. They're forking off something that was broken twice in a short order. In in, in the six weeks we were gone, they were broken twice. Yep. So that's that's not a fork. That's a burn down and rebuild. Right. Yep. Kill it with fire and start Let's over. Let's see. Let me do a quick search there. Ethereum price uh, currently right now. Uh, the Ethereum price is at really thought I'd have it up by then. $10 per Ethereum, which... Uh, or ETH, I forget what the coin is, um, but it's at ten dollars. Where Bitcoin, last I looked, is over six hundred dollars. Um, so if if they're gonna fix it right now, is the time to get in. You're you're buying early. You know, I've kicked yeah. myself for not buying Bitcoin when is when it was at one dollar per Bitcoin. Uh, but uh, I didn't. Right. <laughs> so that's my. I bought Bitcoin at two hundred dollars per Bitcoin, and now it's gone up to. Um, let me do look. Live right there. Um, 
you block Origin has, Origin has blocked the page. Really? Because Google ad no, services. You blocked students' job. Um, so six fifty two forty four is what it is right now. So um, you know we've come we've come a long way from the two hundred that I bought at just in February when we did our financial February show. So, um, but as I said then, you don't want your currency to be a speculation. You know, it's either currency or a speculative item. It's not a good idea if it's both. Although there are people that speculate on the dollar too, but but not with 300% gain, gains or losses in a couple of months. Right. So there we go. Right. Ethereum was a thing. Uh, Brexit. Anybody want to comment on that? Yep. Just me, apparently. Well, it's still... it. <laughs> you know... It, it, or, no, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say... It was a big thing, uh, at least for the few minutes that I was reading about it, when my friends over there were saying, are you kidding me? And then it, as far as I know, it reverted, didn't it? Well, it's been ignored, pretty much. No. Go ahead, Seth. Well, it, no, it just, they voted to leave. They've got to figure out how because it's never been done before. When the EU was created, there I don't remember the article number, but it was specifically put in there to allow people the chance to opt out at a later date. And so Britain said, hey, we want to opt out. And everybody's going, oh, crap, how do we do that? And so it's going to take a while for them to officially leave. Basically, they gave their two years notice of their intent to leave. Um, it could be undone at a later date. One thing that I think would be bad is if, is if Great Britain were dissolved over this because you have like Scotland and Northern Ireland. Cause you know, Scotland recently came very close to leaving Great Britain. They barely pat it barely that referendum on Scottish independence barely failed. Um, but they want to now they're saying they want to stay in the EU and Northern Ireland wants to stay in the EU. So Great Britain could be, uh, England and Wales. Um, that would be all that would be left at that point. Hmm. So it's one of those, it, it's opened a whole can of worms. You know, whenever it happened, it was so, um, nobody was expecting it. And so all the markets took a big hit. I don't know. I kind of think it's cool that they decided to leave because if it was, if being in the EU was that bad, sometimes you have more influence over a body politic once you pull out of it than you can have from within it. So, you know, maybe they can pull out of it or the threaten to pull out of it will help clean up the EU's act. I'm not a big, uh, European political guy, so I don't know the ins and outs of EU politics, but, you know, just because they voted to leave now, they couldn't, they, you know, they could always vote to change that later. And there's a lot of people who heard that, oh, this is going to fail. I'm not going to bother to vote. And so, you know, maybe it wouldn't have failed if everybody had voted. So votes. When in the course sometimes. of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to b- dissolve the political bands, which have connected them to another. Uh, and an Englishman wrote that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, darn English. As I understand it, and I'm and not at all an expert on British law, but I heard a British guy say this. I heard an Englishman uh, uh, say this on another <laughs> podcast that those referendums, it's, it's something, I don't know about unique, but uh, uh, certainly unusual to the UK. Uh, we don't have anything like that in America where anybody can put a referendum out. So the, an individual person 
can put it out for a vote. So we have something at the White House, the 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 White House petition, something or other. But it's it's completely non-binding there. Uh, the, the the agreement is if it gets a certain number of things, the White House will look at it. The way I understand it here is that any citizen of the UK can put something on the referendum, and all of the UK can vote on it. But I I believe it is also relatively non-binding that they don't have to do what it says. But when 70% of your population votes on something, it's obviously important. Now, it passed um, 52 to 48. It was a very narrow margin, margin, but they had a 70% voter turnout. What gets a 70% voter turnout ever? Um, so obviously this is something... Yeah, it's a yeah, big one. This is something for politicians politics. to pay attention to. And their current prime minister just resigned. Said, no, I ain't touching this third rail. I'm done. Uh, so now they're in the wow. process of... of doing a whole new prime minister who's going to be stuck with this Brexit thing. Do I, do I do it? Do I not? Do I, do I tick off 52% of my population? What politician wants to, to tick off 52% of his population? Nobody. Uh, so it's, it's a yeah. political hot potato, but it definitely, I think, as, as you pointed out, Seth, it illustrates some serious discontent among the British populace. Um, and that's something you got to address. Yep. It'll be interesting to see where what all happens after the fact now. Yeah. Now that this has all been done, you know, if if it actually ends up becoming a yep, we're done. See ya. What's that going to do to the the global market that we are currently using? Yeah. Well, because Britain was one of the stronger nations of the EU, and so if the if one of the stronger economic uh entities pulled out then all of a sudden the entire union becomes weaker Mm -hmm. because oh well look they only lost one member and there's lots of countries that have a larger population but when that one member was the richest guy you know or one of the richer guys true you only lost one 15th or however many there are but you might have lost one you know eighth of the wealth so, um, and that, that's a big hit because you have, you know, if you follow the news at all, you know, Greece is always one drachma away from defaulting on billions of pennies, I guess, by our currency. But, and then, you know, Spain and Italy and Portugal, they're ready to all of a sudden become insolvent. So you have a lot of people in the EU teetering on the brink of economic collapse. And if the rich guys leave, then, you know, what's left for the others? So that it it could be a very big deal, but like I say, maybe it will force the EU to address some of the underlying weaknesses, and it could be yeah, better for everybody makes... in the long run. Or Go you know, ahead. if you're ultra, if you're ultra paranoid, this could just be you know bring us one step closer <laughs> to the mark of the beast and the end of the world. Uh, you have so. to ask the question: What is it that makes so many people so unhappy? Um, and was this just a you know right. a bunch of people who said burn the place down? And then when it passed, they went, oh, wait, you're going to burn the place down? Um, <laughs> I was just kidding. I didn't, didn't mean <laughs> uh, can we go back? So, you know, we just, we just don't know. But it, it, does, it is definitely interesting um, to see where they go. And, uh, you know, my, my Texas friends, uh, every few years, uh, Texas talks about seceding from the union. Um, and so there was, uh, after this, uh, uh, a Texit movement that came out, Texas ex- uh, exiting from the union. Um, but you know, there's a significant difference here. And that is that when the, when Texas rejoined the union after the civil war, 
um, they they signed an agreement that said exiting is constitutes an immediate act of war against the U.S. That's different than the EU. Uh, so while Yowch. Texas has something like thirty percent, uh, I made that number up. Don't quote me on it, but some somewhere around thirty percent of all active military are there. Those active military are sworn to serve the Constitution of the United States, not Texas. Um, and you know, so it, it's a it's a big deal. So basically, what would happen is is the the Texas governor declares the intent uh, intent to secede, and thirty percent of the population of the U.S. military would show up at his door and say, "Uh, uh-uh, because <laughs> they're all right there." Uh, so Texas people just back <laughs> off. It ain't happening. A, uh, we agreed. That'd be a pretty quick. Well. It- yeah, and Texas is, while Texas is one of the larger states and it does contribute to, you know, it, it, it puts more into the government financially than it, than the federal government pays out. Imagine having to go it on your own. Then you have currency, you have, uh, state and federal obligations and ambassadors and everything, and it just becomes an unsupportable mess. So while in theory, it would be good to leave the U.S. All of a sudden, my U.S. dollars would be worthless. So, um, and I don't think I would yeah, want that. Not, not a good idea. Not going to happen. Cool it, Texans. You're not as cool as you think you are. And I say that as a Texan. Knock it off. Um, also, while we were gone, uh, we pretty much know who our um, political candidates are going to be. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton uh, have clinched, to use a sports term. Uh, they've gotten all the delegates they need. Um, though there have not been uh, any uh, conventions yet. So what's interesting about that is that the the delegates, once they get to the convention floor, are empowered to vote however they want. They're supposed to throw their votes to, you know, whoever their state went for or whatever, but the the individual delegates themselves have the right to not do that. And there have been some people throwing around some blustering about, you know, I won't vote for Trump or I won't vote for Hillary. Um, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think Trump and Hillary are the nominees. Um, and it really is in my case, as I was talking about in a previous episode, we have, we've gotten what we deserve when these two people are our candidates. We got nobody to blame, but the American populace. This was our version of burn the whole thing down. Oh, wait, really? I didn't mean that. Um, you know, I, I think Trump started out as a joke and now he's going to be a presidential candidate. And, you know, I, that's my thoughts on it. What do you guys think? I think it's uh, now we get to look at uh, which poison do we want to drink as a country because either one I think is a poison. I think there's a chance that Trump could be a non-crappy president. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I, I think that's. Uh, um, but if you're if you're weighing the two of them uh, objectively, I, most people and we've covered this territory. Most people vote on four issues, and and the guy who who is agreements uh, agrees with them on those four issues, they vote for. Um, but if you look at a more objectively as um, you know leadership experience, for example, uh, Hillary wins that. She's been in in politics for you know two decades. Uh, she she knows how to be a politician. If that's what you want in a president, somebody who knows to be a politician. Personally, I don't want a politician to be president. I think that's the problem. We've elected too many politician presidents. Um, but, you know, Trump is a guy who um, has shown the ability to make and lose a lot of money, but he hasn't really shown the ability to lead at all. Um, so, 
if your thing is leadership, you got to go Hillary on that. Um, but Hillary, you can't get more establishment than Hillary. You just can't. There's no such thing as a more establishment candidate than Hillary. So if you if your thing is anti-establishment, you got to go Trump. So it really all depends on what your what your one big issue is, um, and that's what this right. is going to come down to. I saw a uh, Facebook post that says, uh, let's not vote for a president in 2016. We should be single and take <laughs> yeah. a few years to rediscover yeah, ourselves. I like it. So I, I, I can't think of many scenarios where either one is not a disaster for this country. And the sad part is either one of them are the disaster we deserve because of the crap we've done um has americans and you know it's not those filthy democrats or you know those those ugly republicans it's us americans have chosen to destroy our country because we all want to take our little piece of it demand everybody give us our little piece but at the same time not allow anybody else to have their little piece nothing's going to happen like that um it's it's a very sad i mean looking at the political landscape heading into the election really kind of makes me sad to be an american i uh, I, I agree completely it it's uh, I sorry mean, uh, yeah <laughs> go team, go <laughs> team. <laughs> um you know and and the, we're we're rehashing old territory here uh i i can only hope that this yeah. is the wake up moment where the the world looks up and says really this is what we got our, not the world, but America looks at it and says, this is what we got ourselves into. We need to take this more seriously next time. Um, yeah. I, I would like to believe that. I don't think it really is. I think he's going to have to be, he or she, whichever it is, uh, um, I think that president would have to be like worse than Carter. We would have to have 60% unemployment and uh, inflation through the roof and um, for, for, for America to wake up. Is if if we if they just keep doing little things like taking away civil liberties, well, that doesn't mean anything. As long as I got my Game Boy, I'm fine. If you know if if all they're doing is taking away rights, well, that doesn't mean anything. I've still got an iPhone. Um, it's going to have to be you know misery uh, for years for the American people to wake wake up. As long as they're still relatively happy, then I don't think it's going to matter. And that moves into this next thing. We're we're hitting a point right now where mortgage rates, maybe not the lowest in history, but darn close to it. Um, three percent down, three percent interest rates. Are you kidding me? That that's unheard of. Uh, and if you're a buyer, that's great, right? It means I can I can now buy a house at three percent down. I can buy a hundred thousand dollar house and put down three thousand. That's less than a down payment than most people put on a car. So I can buy a house with a three percent down payment. And so they're looking at that thing. That's a good thing. Me. As a as an amateur economist, I look at that and I am scared to death of that. That is that is a harbinger of doom when the when the yeah, mortgage rate is three percent down, three percent interest. That's terrible. We've went back in time fifteen years, and what happened nine years ago? Um, I, it's you know, I don't know. It is so. Here's what we need to do: we need to bribe anonymous to crash Facebook on like September 15th and just crash Facebook and not allow it to work until November 5th. 
that would piss Americans off more than anything, <laughs> you know, except possibly blowing up a football stadium on Sunday. Either that or taking away, if they did, if we could get both of those things to happen, then we'd have a pissed off country willing to change and do something to fix the crappy situation we've gotten ourselves into. But outside of those two things, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you can, it's just, like I say, it's, it's a sad and depressing time to be, uh, to be an American, I guess. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just man. I'm in a bad mood you're, today. Yeah, you're awful downer today, Seth. What's what's new? I, mean, I I'm all for for lowering interest rates and and lowering the barrier. I, I mean, I I bought this house uh, because interest rates were lower than I've seen them in my adult life. Uh, my previous house, the the one I bought in 1999, right. I got a six and three quarter percent interest rate, and I stole that. That was like. That was champagne and caviar times awesome. right there. Six and three quarter percent interest was the lowest interest rate yeah. anybody'd ever heard of. And and now I got this one for under four. It was three and a, three three seven, I think it was, something like that. Uh ridiculous. Wow. Um and, and at that point, think about it. Banks they're not making any money on the interest anymore. So what are they making money on? They're making money on fees, on foreclosures on you know on people failing they are they are loaning you money hoping that you can't pay it back because the last time a large group of people didn't pay it back what happened the banks were handed tons of money Mm -hmm. so uh, if i'm a if i'm a banker and i'm thinking i can work hard for three percent or i can do a bunch of junk loans and get a few billion from the government what's the what's the better thing for my stockholders it's a that's a yep. that's a twisted view, but when you're a, it's an when you're the one. CEO of a publicly held company, your primary responsibility is to the stockholders, not to your customers. Your customers come far below your stockholders. Most people don't realize that, um, but you know if you're a good businessman, you realize that your customer is how you make your stockholders happy. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that we have that right. many good businessmen anymore. Nope. Not anymore. I'm I'm a very upbeat, positive guy, but I got to tell you, I'm scared of what 2020 and beyond is going to bring us. I really am. Uh, it's going to take that long. It's going to take four or five years for us to start seeing the effect of what's happening now. Um, yeah. But it's a it's a scary time if you are a student of history. Yep. All right, and uh, this one thing I'm, I'm not going to give it a lot of time, but it's it's current as in the news right now. Um, a a guy shot some cops in Dallas. Um, this has been turned into a black right white thing. This has been turned into a dirty cop thing. This has been turned into all sorts of thing. I, I just want to say this is a guy who shot some cops. Anything else is media spin and trying to uh, usurp a terrible event for your agenda. This is a guy who shot some cops. All right. Um, and, and if you want to talk about disaffected blacks or whatever, let's talk about the fact that uh, the city of Dallas has a black chief of police up until the, the previous mayor uh, was a black mayor. I think I, I believe the current mayor is white. Uh, most of the city council, more than half of it is black. I've been out of Dallas for a while, but I'm pretty sure these these numbers are, are recent. True. Uh, if you want to talk about disenfranchised black, Dallas is not where to look. So don't go there media don't go there podcast listener that's not what this was about this was about a guy who was sick and wanted to hurt some people 
All right. This wasn't a gun problem. This wasn't an open carry problem. This wasn't, it was too easy to get guns. No, this guy had been vetted in every way that people can be vetted. He served our our government in the military. He was just twisted and decided to kill people. And don't read anything more into it than that. Seth, you were going to say? No, I just, that's totally, I mean, you're so right. People are twisting it. You know, it's like this and the Orlando thing, which also happened while we were gone. He was, he was vetted as a security professional and he wasn't even using an AR 15. And that's what received the blame for the whole thing. And nope, it's like nobody cares about the truth. There was a time in a, for about 30 minutes after it happened where people cared about what happened after that. Nobody cares about that anymore. What does this group of people say about it? What does that group of people say about it? Where's the political capital going to be spent here? What group can we target here? Nobody cares that in Dallas, Texas, police officers were shot. And while they were being shot at, they were attempting to protect the bystanders who, you know, ran to them for cover. So let's not forget that. Let's focus on what is important and quit the crap. And then that would fix a lot of the problems in our society. I have nothing more to add to it. Okay, I'm done. Other than it was a horrible thing and I wish it wouldn't have happened. There was a time when the the news people were called reporters. What they did was reported, this is happening right now. I'm standing here and this is happening. Uh, somewhere around the, the early 70s, Woodward and Bernstein turned them from being reporters to being journalists. Now we have a story to tell. We're no longer reporting the the news. We're telling a story. They're spinning it. Yep, they're spinning stories. And when you're telling a story, the narrative matters more than the events. I, I really want our world to go back to a time when the events mattered more than the narrative. What, what are the events? Construct a narrative from that. Don't craft a narrative and then cherry pick events. Um, and this, this hurts me as, as a lover of truth to see that, that facts as the as true things are being distorted to tell a false story. Um, and when you, when you attack these people, they say, look, everything I've said is true. Yes, that is true. You have, you have become a wizard at telling a false story using true statements. What do we call those people? We call them liars. That's what we call those people. Yeah, when my children use true, true yeah. story, true things to tell a false story, they get double the punishment—one for breaking the dish and the other for for lying about it. Because yeah. that's a lie. the The story, the sum of the story, is more important than the facts that make it up. And I, the, what this world needs is fewer journalists and more reporters. Can't say it any better than that. Man, this is a great show we're having. See, Can we go back to D&D? At least that was happy. Upbeat, These positive, are all the rants happy, that we would have so. had while we were gone. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to uh, other things that, that we missed while we were gone. I just want to go on record as saying that moving sucks. Uh, oh, yes. Every time it's tried. 100% of the time, moving sucks. <laughs> um, I, uh, I didn't want to spend my um, human capital by abusing my friends uh, too much. I did abuse my friends. Uh, I... I had them all come over. I had about uh, eight guys and five trucks, and it was awesome. Uh, come over on the hottest day Georgia has had in 2016. 
to up to and beyond. Uh, it's the hottest day. Sorry, guys. Uh, but I didn't want to abuse that capital. So everything that I could move myself, everything that I was physically, humanly capable of moving myself, I did prior to that day. Mm-hmm. That means for three weeks, I didn't. I, I moved boxes. I, I would go to work. I'd leave the house at six thirty in the morning. I'd come back at five or six uh, between five thirty and six thirty in the evening. I would change out of my tie and put on some jeans, and I would take truckloads of boxes over. This was my life for three and a half weeks. This was all I did. On on you know, I did one. I would tell the kids, um, "Your job is to have one truckload of stuff for me when I get back." Whatever else you do, you can, you know, I don't want to totally ruin your summer, right? But you've got to have a, a truckload for me. And then on, on Fridays and, and uh, or, uh, or Saturdays and Sundays, uh, we've we got to have more. So sometimes if I was able to get off a little early, I would do more. But that's what I did. So I moved five people worth of stuff myself. Uh, my wife helped. Uh, so not, it wasn't entirely me, but I did most of it. And all the furniture that two or three of us could carry, we did. So when the guys got here that hottest day of the year, all we had were uh, the king size bed upstairs that's made out of solid oak, um, a couple of dressers that are really heavy, um, you know, the, the dining room table that's eight feet of oak, you know, that sort of stuff. The really heavy stuff. Everything else I'd already done, and Lead my field. studio panels, which, you know, you guys remember when I built the Pod Pod, right? I built these things out of eight foot by four foot by mm-hmm. six inch, three quarter inch uh, plywood on two by six. Uh, studs filled as full as I could get it with soundproofing insulation. Each one of those weighs about 500 pounds. And the worst thing wow. about that was not only did I have 10 of them, so I had 5,000 pounds, two and a half tons of, of stuff to move, but I have no use for them here. And so we literally carried them out in my backyard and dumped them off in the backyard. They were tra- oh. they're trash. I abused these guys to carry two and a half tons of trash because I didn't have any other place to do. I, I couldn't leave it there. Right? I couldn't just leave it in the rental, um, and I don't have any place here to store. So they're out in my backyard getting rained on, getting ruined. The wood is rotting. I'll go out there someday with a chainsaw and just hack them up into small enough pieces to put in the trash. Uh, but if anything, that's what I felt the worst about, was abusing these people to carry my trash. Um, but they were all they were stand-up guys. They all did it, uh, and I bought them pizza, and, and I, I will buy them a steak later. Uh, but I, I got to say, the last time I moved... Uh, before this one, right? The last one was, uh, you know, from Texas to, to, uh, Georgia and you can't do that in the back of a pickup. So I had to hire guys and it cost me nearly 20 grand when it was all said and done. It was very expensive. Uh, but so then I didn't do all the packet. The last time I did that before that was 1999. I was a lot younger and was a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of, if you've seen the movie, um, um, wedding singer, the old guy punches the dude out, and he just looked at him like, what are you doing? The old guy says, I used to be a lot stronger. I would go to pick something up and say, oh, I used to be a lot stronger. <laughs> it was three weeks ago yesterday that this move was done, and I'm still yeah. not Yeah, I'm still not physically recovered from three weeks ago. Uh, my body still hurts. I, I have tennis elbow. I have tendonitis in my elbow from repeatedly lifting boxes. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that to say, moving sucks. It sucks worse when you get old. Which is why the big purge at my house has started from the la- from our move to this house. I honestly say that I think everyone should do a big purge of your house at least once a year. Yeah, and ideally you would do that before the move, but yep. uh, because of our compressed time scale, we had to just pack the stuff that we knew we were just going to throw away. We knew it. 
but we we didn't have time to sort it all out. Yeah, that's the that's the times that you hate it. You're just like, this is just going to go straight to the trash when I get to the new place. Oh. Ugh. At least you didn't have two and a half tons of trash. No, but <laughs> I I have to I, see that the sad thing is is I have to daisy chain my purgings out because I have to share a garbage can with the neighbors. We have those big bins. Right. So I don't want to be that neighbor that fills up the bins every weekend. <laughs> yeah. So so I I there's three of them in the back in the alley that goes for the whole block. And so I'll end up going out there and putting a half a bag or a bag in each one once a weekend for my just my stuff from the from the home business that I had to close. Cuz it's all stuff I'll never ever use again. You know, some of the things I'm keeping, you know, fish wire, fish sticks, all that other stuff, but you know the the buckets and buckets of 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 just metal frames. It's gone. It's yeah, it's amazing. So while we were away, while I was enduring that misery, uh, Seth, you had both good news and bad news, and I'll let you attack those in in whatever order you want to. Yeah, um, you know, uh, my mom she was she was pretty old. Uh, and then we, there was like a three week period where she would, she was like, got violently ill at home throwing up and stuff. And we had to take her to the hospital. And the last time, you know, th- there was a lot of stuff, but one of the things they found was cancer. But when they did the chemo that made her sick. And so her body was shutting down. She had, uh, like dementia and some wounds that had never properly healed. And she actually died. I guess it's been, about a month ago, she passed away. And so that was, that was not fun. And, um, I had a, uh, had a car wreck. My car got totaled. And so I had to buy a new car, but at least I had good enough credit to get 0% APR. So, you know, that's good about that. So yeah, I will be glad when this summer is over because it's not been a fun and, and like, um, it was, it was, it was kind of one of those, you know, funny, sad moments the the uh podcast that we had recorded and i i had said in there i know this is going to be the greatest week ever and that was the week my mom had died so i was like man that kind of sucks but you know life goes on she was old and um you know and, and for the last the last little bit in a lot of ways you know that that wasn't my mom anymore but up until the day she died she was you know would respond and you could tell but then that last day you could tell something was wrong and she was just like you know just literally her body was just shutting down and i came downstairs to just i just look at her you know make sure she's okay i realized she wasn't breathing and so then i got dad and i told everybody else and we called hospice because we had um we'd had hospice set up so we had bought like in um and a portable AC unit, uh, one of those air purifiers, and they had set up a bed and all that in the front room. And I got to see my brothers, you know, all uh, four of us were around at one time. And the last time that it happened was when my grandma died. That's been about eight years ago. So it was cool to see all of us at once. And, um, but yeah, so, and I found out like we had the funeral on a Tuesday and the burial on a Wednesday, or it might have been a Wednesday and Thursday, I found out at the luncheon after the funeral that I was doing the graveside service. So, you know, that was fun. It was a very short graveside service because I couldn't manage much more than that. But yeah, so not the best of summer in the Anderson household yeah, this year. 
but she's not suffering no, anymore. I, so it, that's it's good. one of those things. It, the dumbest thing you can say is also the only thing you can say. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, yep. That's that's all you can say, and it's also yeah. ridiculous and pointless. Uh, but you know that in in the time that we went away, you know she she got really sick, and and now she's no longer sick. So uh, uh, I I also lost one of right. my very good friends to cancer um, in that same time that we were away, and went back to Texas for uh, a funeral. Uh, so it it was <laughs> in many ways it was kind of the summer of suck. Uh, and we're, we're glad to be back. And I think maybe, you know, don't ever try to tie a goat to a tree. Don't ever stop podcasting because when you stop podcasting, all of a sudden bad <laughs> things happen. Yeah. I, I guess even if I have to do one by myself, yeah, to, to paraphrase Dory, just keep casting, just keep casting, casting, casting. I'm probably going to let her get a letter from, <laughs> from Pixar for that. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you paraphrase, right? So I, I, I hate to end on a, a, a sad note like that, but, you know, that's, uh, I also don't want to go, you know, straight to trivialize anything like that. So uh, again, Seth, I, I know I speak for a large, there are thousands of people out there who, who are hurting with you right now over that loss. And uh, I don't know what comfort that brings, but I know that it's true. Um, and I'm sure that once this airs, you'll hear from people uh, who are, who are grieving with you. Um, yeah. And, thanks, and you know, right. you know, what do you say to that? Thanks. Yeah. That just doesn't. So yeah. Funerals and death Appreciate in general. It. It's just, it's when people say stupid things because there's no other good thing to say. Yep. Um, That's the way it works. Know. Well, and also because it's, it's right. almost a yep. taboo subject in our culture, it, at least in, in the American culture, I'm sure in other cultures that are more open and still have a concept of a family that hasn't been beaten out of, um, you know, that it's not as bad, but death, major illness, sickness, passing and recovery of grief. Those are, I mean, you know, there's not much that will offend people in America anymore, but talking about those things sure does. So you know, so consequently, we don't know how to. It's hard anyway, and we don't know how. So, of course, and that's of course the sort of the curse sucks. of great blessing. We live in a culture where most people live into their 60s. You know, your mom lived a long life, right? And we, mm-hmm. because we live in a culture where yep. people don't die all around us all day, every day, we, it's, 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 the, it's the curse of a blessing. The blessing is that people in America live a good life for a long time. Uh, and the curse of that is, is we don't know how to deal with death well. Um, and I think I'll take that. I think I'll take the flip side of that coin um, in that, you know, go back 300 years, the, you know, the Jamestown colony is, is dying at a rate of 90%. Those people knew how to deal with death. Um, that's a small consolation to the, what you have to do to, to know how to deal with death, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Sorry to go all, uh, philosophical on you like that um but i i tell you what mark before you well end, that's where i was that was i was going this weekend so, history, yeah. this one was really cool uh, okay. I, I actually had a nice, okay. nice smooth transition transition but seth what happened this week in history okay this is really cool and it ties in i gotta read a little bit because all, all this stuff was awesome so this week in history july the 7th 1752, um, Joseph Marie Jacquard, um, 
or however you say that in French, was born. Um, she was the inventor of the Jacquard loom and was born in France. Um, this pioneered the use of punched cards to give instructions to a machine, in this case, a loom weaving rugs and linens. Herman Hollerith latched onto this uh, punch card technique for his machines that calculated the U.S. Census in the latter parts of the 19th century, and the first several decades of computers continued to utilize punch cards for programming. And I found this cool tidbit on the census.gov. Um, Hollerith followed this guy to the 1880 census where he worked as a statistician. It was his, it was from this experience during the processing of that census that Hollerith realized the need for a better way to count results. And so I'm going to skip down here. Hollerith sees the idea of punch cards designing a machine that used the location of holes on each card to tally not only overall numbers, but also individual characteristics. He tested his new machine in Baltimore in 1887, the same year the hand-counted 1880 census was finally completed. Uh, and he was successful enough that he won a contract for the census office when it reopened in 1890. So before punch cards, the precursor of computers, it took seven years to hand count what was only tens of millions of people at that point. Um, and then like in 1990, the whole process was completed in just a couple of years. So, you know, thank you, Herman Hollerith. Thank you. Awesome French person <laughs> who I don't want to butcher your name again. She was born this week in history in 1752. So just because computers are new, you know, in they built upon a process. Somebody didn't just wake up one day and come up with the idea of an integrated circuit. They existed because of vacuum tubes, because of transistors, because of diodes, all these things all the way back, you know, to punch cards and other things that even preceded them. It's amazing you know, you don't notice it at the time. Um, I watched a movie this week. It's a awesome movie in the history of American cinema called Sunset Boulevard. First time I'd ever seen it all the way through. Wow. <laughs> has cinema changed in 65 years? It was a great movie at the time, but every, everything in it now was so old and, you know, and, oh, that's not a plot twist. Everybody knows about that, but that was, and it was so quiet during the movie. There wasn't 20, there wasn't this no dubstep for the entire time. So we're at cinema today. Yeah. We're at cinema today because movies like this were made and those were made because of the silent pictures, because of the other things. So, you know, just because we have these awesome computers today, they only existed because stuff like this came before. And so this week in history, we celebrate the birth of an early uh, computing I pioneer. Who I'd never heard about. I heard, I heard all about Herman in my eighth grade computer literacy class. I, I do want to say before we get too far on, Joseph Marie Jacquard is a male. Um, in yeah, in in France, Marie yeah, is not okay. necessarily a, a female name, uh, especially when it follows Joseph. So if you if you Google that name, uh, you definitely see a picture of an old dude. Um, so people were th those of you who've started writing emails, you can stop it now. So those of you who've already sent. <laughs> hit enter on it, uh, you owe Seth an apology. So go ahead and send that now. Um, he, he, he made an honest mistake. That's okay. uh, I do want to say, I, I just recently, uh, over the, the break probably, um, have been introducing my children and reintroducing myself to the original Star Trek series. That's um, a good series. And uh, one of the things that I noticed, like you, Seth, is it's so, just television then was so different. There, there's, 
12 second reaction shots when somebody says something and you get that tight light that Roddenberry liked to use right around the, the raccoon eyes. And it's just, you know, Spock just standing there staring at the screen for 11, 12, 13 seconds. Um, and then a music hit. And then, you know, you, there'll be seven or eight seconds of a guy just walking into a room with no dialogue, no music. You don't, that doesn't happen in, in modern television. Everything, yep. there's a hit every two or three seconds at the most. Uh, there's, it's either, you know, you, you don't show a guy walking into a room and then delivering a line. He delivers the line while he moves, or there's music while he's walking, or there's a voiceover while he's walking. And when you watch that, the pace is so slow and so, uh, labored is how it feels to an audience today. Um, and you know, when you complain about people, modern people having no attention span, you know, has movie, has media adapted to us or has media created us? I don't know which, but it's obvious when you look at the yes. older stuff and, and, you know, we're talking 1967. I, somebody's going to excoriate me for not knowing that so this, this was the sixties. Um, you know, 50 years ago was not a million years ago. So everything has changed to the point now where when I'm watching this, it is actually difficult for me. I feel a sense of, well, let me check my, let me check Twitter. Let me look at my phone. Cause there's, there's like five seconds that have gone by without input. And, um, and my wife didn't even notice it, uh, and my kids didn't notice it, and I, I started pointing it out. I said, look how long that shot just stayed on Kirk. Not saying anything, no music hit, just that shot on him reacting to something that he saw or something somebody said. Um, and that's the way I watch media. I watch movies and television with, uh, with the mind of a director and with, uh, with uh, looking at how it's put together. A story. I'm a storyteller at heart, so I look at how the story is told. And it's just amazing to me, and Seth, like you said in that, in that movie, uh, how different, how differently we tell stories today. And I'm yeah. not sure that it's better or worse, right? But when I went to see Secret Life of Pets, that was a two-ish hour movie, and there was not five seconds of silence in the whole movie ever. There just wasn't. Uh, there was always a hit, and so um, you know yep. today that's what we expect. And and what? How much tighter do you get? Do do we? You know, in 20 years. Uh, 50 years, do we not even finish sentences anymore? Uh, I don't know. Uh, just like in 1962, they couldn't imagine what, uh, you know, Daredevil on Netflix was going to look like today. They, they just, you can't imagine it because you're not there. Right. But it is definitely, it's a very different culture we live in today. Yeah. Dude, I was, uh, I was listening to one of my podcasts and, you know, I've kind of topped out at 2.3 speed. Uh, this person was talking and, and they were mentioning the name of a website and I couldn't pick it up. And listening to this person, I thought, man, she is one of those intelligent, fast talking, rapid fire people. And so I popped it down to 1.0. And so everybody sounds like and they're drunk. Like the, the <laughs> dumbest, slowest hick. I was just like, oh my gosh, my middle picture of that person was totally shattered because I heard their voice in real time. So I got the name of the website I was looking for, and then I immediately <laughs> punched it back up to 2.3 because, I mean, somebody who sounded like in it, you know, because most financial people are fast talkers. You know, it's not that they're out to swindle you. It's just like they're used to dealing with a lot of information in a short time period. They got to get you the facts and all the facts because the facts have changed from the time they started talking. But 
Oh my, she made me seem like a fast talker. Yeah. Listening. And you know, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows how slow I talk on a regular basis, but it was amazing just listening to somebody at regular speed versus 2.3. The mental perception is totally different, or at least it was for me. And I was just like, wow, I can't, I, you know, my perception of that. It's such a funny adjustment your brain makes too. I have no trouble when I'm listening to you now, you sound perfectly normal. That's Seth. That's the way Seth talks. When I listen to you right. on a podcast, you sound like you're a, a, a brain dead drunk. Um, and, and, and it's the same person, you know, it's just the context. And, and, and if I'm listening, I've got yeah. my earbud in and I'm listening, uh, and I'm, I'm at 2.4, 2.5 X somewhere around there. Two point, I had a hard time getting past that 2.3 myself. Uh, and at some point I just decided to stop trying. Why, why make it harder? But anyway, maybe there's some sort of physical mental limit there. Uh, but I, uh, uh, if somebody walks up to me and starts talking normally, they don't sound odd. And the guy in my ear talking at 2.3x doesn't sound odd either. They both sound perfectly normal to me in their various contexts. But I think what gets me, Seth, is you now, it's a different context. This is live. And so you sound perfectly normal. Yep. When, when I stick that earbud in my ear and I listen to you, you sound like you've had brain damage. You really do. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's an interesting thing that, uh, you know, perception, yep. the, the whole, the, the whole dynamic, uh, the, the way my brain frames things is different on a podcast versus in reality. And I couldn't, I don't think I could watch a TV show at 2.3 X. I've never tried it, but I don't think I could. It'd be interesting to try. Well, that was a nice tangent. I like those tangents that go on like that. Um, so I think I'm going to say that uh, we're pretty much done here. So uh, this is the part of the show where you tell it. I, I expected to get lots of feedback over the you know the six weeks that we were gone. We got a couple of emails. Uh, come on, just because we took a break doesn't mean you could take a break. Come on, people. <laughs> Step it up there. Um, but go to elementopi.com, click the Contact Us button at the top of the page, uh, fill out the form, answer the world's hardest CAPTCHA, and uh, send that to us or uh, send an email to geekrant at elementopi.com. Uh, or if you'd like to hear your voice right alongside ours at 2.3x, you can dial 559-IMOP and uh, uh, leave your voicemail there. Uh, I do want to do another plug for the, for the CastBack app. Excuse me, the CastBack app that started out as the Everyday Linux app that started out as me whining on mic. Um, if you haven't checked it out in a while, do. It is super polished. Um, and one of the things that, uh, I've been talking with, uh, Kaser about is, uh, just for that thing, there are certain podcasts that I listen to that have a high, uh, call in rate. You know, a lot of people are calling in and that audio quality is so much lower. It's hard to listen at that rate or somebody with a, with a, you know, Australian accent, I have a hard time doing at that rate. So we're going to be introducing. And when I say we, I mentioned it and he did all the work. Uh, we're going to be introducing, uh, per feed uh, settings. So you can have a global setting of 2.3 and you can say on this feed, give me 1.7. And then while you're playing this, the show itself, you can slide up and down for that show. So that's that we're going to have three levels of speed so that if you know this particular podcast, I have a hard time listening to at that speed. You can set a, uh, a speed for just that. Uh, he's also recently introduced uh, server side syncing. So all your, not only your, uh, playlist, but also your progress. So you can move from Android device to Android device and pick up where you left off. Um, so there's, there's a lot of new features. If you haven't checked it out in a while, the cast back C A S T B A C K, check it out in the Android app store. 
um, you won't be sorry that you did. It's still beta, but it's like the best beta I've ever used. Hmm. Um, aside from, um, um, I just blanked a fog. Uh-huh. Fog is the best beta I've ever used. So I, I, but Castback is the second best beta I've ever used. Now, Seth, what do you have for us for your show closing spectacular? Okay. Well, since we're kind of going back in time and picking up stuff that happened while we were gone, I figured I would link people to the oldest written song ever found. So clay tablets excavated in the Syrian city <laughs> of that appear to be the oldest known example <laughs> of sheet music ever discovered. Uh, the tablets date back to roughly 14,000 BC and contain an entire hymn written as tribute to one of the moon god's wives or the moon god's wife and so the reason i chose this website on goliath is because embedded is the youtube of like they translated it and somebody actually played it so give it a cool you know it's not bach or beethoven or you know led zeppelin or metallica um you know but we wouldn't have those people unless stuff like this had happened uh you know what would that be 3,500 years ago? Um, so again, you know, the music we have today is a direct descendant of stuff like this. So anyway, that's something really cool and interesting to, and give it a listen. You know, it, it's not like, um, it, it's, it's different, definitely different than anything that would be considered music from this millennium or last. Very cool. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I mean, somebody, some expert, I guess, would have had to know what that means. Uh, I mean, how did you? How did they convert that to modern day music? Uh, somebody knew something, I guess. But yeah, well, it took over a decade of research um, for this professor of Assyriology to be able to transcribe it. So, you know, they didn't just like find it and you know, type it into Google and see an instant translation. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. All right. Cool stuff, guys. I, I think this was a, a decent show for the first one back. Um, it was definitely better than the one that we missed. hundred percent better. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, yes. Or at least. So let us know what you better. think over at com, and we'll see you next time because that ends it for this episode of the Geek Rant. Mm-hmm.